this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only theaters Friday. Get tickets now. Hello and welcome to the Indie Incursion Podcast, your weekly podcast all about indie games. It's super exciting. Uh, we bring you the indie games news you guys might care about. We talk about some indie games over on Kickstarter, generally just sexually charged, if we're being honest. I don't think there's been one in a while that we haven't talked about that wasn't uh, definitely sexy. Um, and we also talk about some big news happening in the gaming industry and all sorts of other stuff. But first, before we get into any of that, I need to actually introduce my co-host. His name is the Big Josh Boy. What? Uh, yeah, how you doing? I'm doing well. <laughs> Thanks for that uh, a little bit late, but introduction. It's nice. I feel like I just I just need to give up on the fact that I didn't even say my own name. So <laughs> <laughs> It's true. I don't know who you are. Some random my guy just started Von hosting Hyde. today. Yeah, we got like 28 episodes in. If you've listened to any of those episodes and you don't know who I am, it's probably because I forget to say my name several times. So it's It's not a big deal. It's okay. I mean, I understand. Do you want to introduce yourself now? Yeah, my name is Vaughn Hyde. Oh, welcome to the show. I'm a person. Yeah, I'm a ginger. Um, Oh, oh, what are your interests and likes? I like Metabots. Um, I like indie games. Oh, okay. Um, Yeah, I like anime as well. Um, hentai specifically. So. Oh, I could tell. You just yeah. I just, I listen to your voice and I can hear it. I don't know anything really about you, but I know I can tell. Yeah, I would be surprised if anybody on earth didn't know that I have a gigantic uh, stash of hentai in my closet. Man, uh, you know, at first I was like clearly a joke, and as we keep going further into this, <laughs> it's getting hard to tell. <laughs> now you just don't know. I You're don't like, know. Who knows? That's the Maybe mystery he has that a problem. is me, dude. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's pretty exciting. Uh, but speaking of problems, what have you been playing this week? I don't know if it's a problem, but hey, you know what? It's uh, not a it's problem. An addiction bad, of sorts. bad transition, but nothing nothing different. <laughs> <laughs> That's the problem. Uh, I've been I've been playing um, a lot of Steam World Quest. Uh, we talked about this a little bit before. How I was super hyped because it was coming out the next day last week. Uh, well, it's finally out, and I got some time to sink into it. I think I'm about. 12 hours or so into it so far um and it's a really good game it's obviously a card game as many people know it's a card rpg where you play inside the steam world um environment or realm i guess to say which is everything in the world is just these robots um and the way this one is set up is you're in medieval times. It's, you know, heroes, dragons, wizards, things like that. And it's it's a really good story so far. Um, I won't go into any of the story just because of spoilers and whatnot. But the main part of it is you have three main characters that you're walking along. Each one's have their own abilities, meaning their own cards. And the way it works is each character has a certain amount of cards that you can put in. So you'll collect cards throughout the the game which is actually really nice the way they did it because you can either buy it from shops you can go through the story and certain like story beats will give you a card or grant access to it based on 
that type of event that happened. You'll find them in chests, wherever. But the main part about this is you always have three characters, at least once you get the three characters at the start, because it starts with two, but you always have three characters that you play with, and each one of them has eight cards. You can only have eight cards at a time in your deck, and it cycles through them constantly, where you're able to play three cards each turn, and the nice thing is each of your characters, if you play three of their cards, the same cards, like basically for a specific character, you'll get a bonus. So there's a lot of strategy with it because certain cards are, you know, better just because it's it's got a really cool effect to it, but you also want to get that edge of having an extra effect when you play their three cards at the same time. There's other cards that, as you start to get them, will balance with if you play a certain character's card before another one, you'll also get an added bonus. So there's a good amount of strategy in it. And um, the one thing about this game is it's very, it's very, uh, I guess the best way to describe it is it's kind of like an RPG light. It's, um, it is an RPG, but you're not going to get anything that's overwhelmingly taxing as far as the management of the game and as far as the different possibilities, um, which isn't a negative on it. It's actually, I think, a positive in some areas, but not in others. So what I mean by that is it's really good for people who want to come into this that maybe not, uh, you know, aren't as seasoned to the card game style of, you know, managing a deck or for an RPG style of having that turn-based combat. It makes it more welcoming because it's not as much management on the side of like, okay, what cards am I going to use? What characters am I going to use? You only have a limited amount of characters and cards in your game, so it makes it quick and easy to cycle through. Um, As far as like items and skill trees, there's no, you know, these like passive abilities. It's just a few items that you find throughout, and they're kind of... um, kind of easy to tell what each one is going to do and what each benefit will have. I'm finding the problem with this game that happens in many RPGs where I find, you know, my three characters that I like and I just never use any of the others and I don't really experiment as much as I should, which I think the game could have done a little bit better at. Um, it, It does make it in a way that you would want to experiment with them by giving you the different story beats where you get new cards or you get these interesting events where you know things happen where you're like oh I, maybe I should be using this character because they have this card that combos well with a character I'm using but then I, I feel like the setup I have it's too risky to not have my three characters I'm using now so I'm like eh, I'll just stick with this and it's been working throughout you know I've been going through and I've been having a good time and I'm not like dying as often I'm doing just fine but I'm not really experimenting with the other characters and at this point I've played for too long where the characters they level up and if you are not playing with certain characters so you only have your main three the other characters will gain experience but it's such at a slower rate that it's really like they're so under leveled now it's not even worth it um, so there's there's little things, but honestly, like the gameplay of it is very well thought out, and it's a lot of fun trying to manage the different cards and the different effects that all of these new monsters have. Um, I definitely think that the open world aspect to it could have been done a little bit better. You are traveling throughout, so you basically kind of paper Mario your way through the world and like 
find hidden chests or hidden you know little areas that you can go into there's little puzzles there's enemies that if you walk up you can hit them before they like notice you and get the edge on them but as far as like what you can do outside of that there's really not much it's just you know walk from one area to the next and then get to the different fights and then fight a boss so with that there's a little bit lacking but the story is really good the gameplay the actual card battle part of it is really well done so i definitely enjoy it and i recommend it to a lot of people but there are certain aspects that i think could have been a bit better thought out anyway yeah the uh the one of the founders for the side i write for handsome phantom he did the review for steamworld quest and i believe he put somewhere between like 28 to 40 hours into it Mm -hmm. and uh he was like looking around and looking at other people's reviews and they said that they beat it in like 20 hours or so and he reached out to the developer and he's like how is that humanly possible that somebody beat this game in like 20 hours and the developer said like uh on the lowest difficulty with somebody like mainlining it um, it still took them like 28 hours, so they have no idea how it how they got through this game. I'm like, damn, that's pretty crazy. Yeah, yeah the game sounds know. awesome. No, it's it's really good. Like honestly, what I've been doing is kind of nitpicking the main areas that annoy me, but the overall gameplay mechanic of it is just so well done. Like I'm really having a good time with this. And it's one of the things where we, we kind of talked about it before, and I know you wrote an article about this, of like, what do they do next? Which, this is just a great backing of, this team can do just about anything. Like, I would trust them with any type of genre game and immediately think, yep, it's going to be a knockout of the park. Like, they've done such good jobs with all of the different games they've had. Something weird that I saw over on Polygon uh, earlier this week is they were basically like, they they were saying that Image Inform, the developers of the SteamWorld games, kind of go out on a limb every time that they put out a game because they delve into so many different genres. Right. And uh, they like say in it, they're like, there's a reason that all of the Assassin's Creed games are the way that they are. They're so similar. It's because that's what makes money. Um, And I never necessarily thought about that, that they actually kind of take a pretty, like, heavy, they take a pretty big risk, like a financial risk, putting out games in different uh, Mm -hmm. genres Mm -hmm. all the time. But I would say it always pays off. I mean, like, SteamWorld games are fucking awesome. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's a really good point, though. I've never really thought about it on, like, the financial side because of their, you know, their market base. But, like, the team doesn't seem as worried or concerned about that like and for good reasons like this team is obviously there to expand and create and have those unique ideas and it's actually a really good thing because if you you know think about this in the grander scheme of things this is a pretty you know fairly new studio if you want to get down to it just because you know they're they're not like a they've had a lot of time uh, you know a couple of years for each of their games so to speak and it's been a while but like the amount of experience they've gotten in that short amount of time is much more than you'll get from building a game like Assassin's Creed over and over and over again to, you know, iterate slowly on certain aspects because all of this concept that they're taking from the card-based, you know, battle RPG mechanics, the Metroidvania mechanics, the SteamWorld heist, the the actual uh, strategy behind that, 
all of those can be well molded now that they're doing each of those to create potentially a better game each and every time because they're learning different things that you wouldn't going from the same genre uh, what do you think that they'll do next? Like, so you talked about how I wrote this article. I, I kind of like went out on a leap and was like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if they did all these things like a 3D platformer, like a 3D action platform, like Psychonauts and stuff. Um, but honestly, I, I honestly, I, I think they'll go back and do a sequel to SteamWorld Heist, yeah. just like they did with SteamWorld Dig 2. Mm-hmm. Um, they put out like SteamWorld Dig and then they put out Heist and then they went back and put out SteamWorld Dig 2. And then they, of course, did SteamWorld Quest now. So it, I, I, I'm i assuming we agree. We both yeah, think yeah, that they're yeah, going to yeah. put out a sequel I, to Heist. I think it's going to be Heist. And I'm actually pretty hyped. I'm sure there's a lot of people who are like, no, Dig 3. But honestly, I enjoyed Heist more. Um, and I'm super excited if they're going to make the a second version of that, which... We'll see. I know. I, I mean, I know they're going to make a second Heist. I just don't know if it's, you know, obviously going to happen right away. But... I would assume that that would be their next step. Um, if not, if it's not SteamWorld Heist, then it's definitely just going to be another dig. Uh, I can't imagine them taking another crazy leap right after SteamWorld Heist, but, I mean, hey, they could prove me wrong. I'd be excited for it. Yeah, just cross my fingers they put out that 3D action platform. I don't <laughs> think they'll ever do that. that oh, seems... I truly doubt they will. Yeah, because that's, <laughs> I mean, it's one thing to jump from a genre, but to change your whole art style and change, like, because you have to get a whole new team of, you know, 3D animators and modelers for actually setting all of that up. So I feel like that's a really big undertaking to take that kind of a step. And I assume they would want to do another dig before taking that leap, just because kind of what you were talking about with funding it is a big investment to go into something like that and i feel like you would want to have a little bit more wiggle room or extra cash that you would get from a surplus of you know another dig game yeah that's why i brought up in my article i was like the biggest hurdle of them making any sort of 3d game is actually like translating everything that they've done in these 3d these 2d worlds they create and implementing them in 3d yeah exactly because i mean all of their assets would be basically you know not worth anything (laughs) yeah (laughs) like i'm sure they could obviously repurpose them somehow but a lot of it kind of goes in the trash can (laughs) yeah i mean um i don't know if they could do something uh something similar but the game farblade that i was talking about like two or three weeks ago it's actually like a it's a I believe it's a 2D pixel art game, but it's, they use like, the developer uses this kind of like, uh, texture wrapping to wrap it around and make it look 3D. Oh, it's weird. That was the one game with the, like the really weird camera changing. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the really weird camera controls. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not impossible and they may not actually have to get rid of all of their assets. Mm -hmm. They would have to just, you know. Like th- they would have to draw their backs, basically. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. For me this week, I have literally been playing nothing. I don't think I have actually played a game this week. I like signed <laughs> up to get uh, HBO with my Hulu, and I've just been binging Game of Thrones. <laughs> I went, and I'm it's not got even game joking. In the title, close enough. Yeah, in a week and a half, I have watched four seasons. Damn, really? Of game binging. of Thrones. Yeah, yeah. I'm not even trying to get through to the end. I just, I wanted to watch it. (laughs) I mean, at that rate, you'll you'll make it, so. Yeah, it's not going to be that hard to get there, honestly. 
I'm it's yeah. <laughs> um, but I think it's about time we hopped into the meat and potatoes of this podcast. Uh, our first article is over on Kotaku and it's a big one. This is a biggie. I mean, I'm some might even say it's epic. Some might say that. Uh, this is written by Nathan Grayson, and it is Epic Acquires uh, Rocket League Developers Psionics. Um, so, blah, 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 on a spending spree. I, I mean, I like it when people ramp up. I totally do the same thing, but in news articles, I feel like you should just get to it, dude. I just want to know. <laughs> um, so, Epic announced its latest purchase in a press release on Wednesday afternoon. Uh, the acquisition will officially be complete at the end of May or early June. Um, and and Psionics will continue to bring the full Rocket League experience across all platforms to all current and new players um, all over the world. This will, however, mean some changes for the Steam version of the game. On PC, Rocket League will come to the Epic Game Store in late 2019. Until then, it will remain on sale on Steam. And after that point, it, it'll still be supported on Steam. However, it will no longer be available for purchase there once it's transitioned over to the epic game store i believe that's pretty much all of the actual news in this article is that they're bringing it over to the epic game store this is a pretty big deal Mm -hmm. yeah it, it really is i mean there's there's a lot of conversation going on because of this with the relation to what does this mean in the epic versus steam battle obviously this is a big deal and i think it's good and bad at the same time. Um, my first question about this is, and this might be a dumb question, but it says that it'll still run on Steam. Is there going to be, and I know Rocket League has the like the cross-platform process. Are people who are on the Epic version of this going to be able to play with the people who are on PC version? I would assume so. I, I mean, they don't say it anywhere in the article, but... I would, yeah, I would assume so, because it doesn't seem like Epic is trying to be malicious about it. Mm-hmm. If anything, I mean, uh, I forget who it is. I think it was Tim Sweeney, the CEO of Epic or something like that, came out and said that all they have to, all Steam has to do to get Epic to, like, discontinue to stop doing exclusives is to change their revenue share to, like, an 80% uh, revenue share with developers but or something like that really do that I, I see like i don't necessarily know like yeah i i don't necessarily like people have said they're like yeah dude epic's got so much money it doesn't really matter what they do um but mm, yeah i i really don't know it's don't it's possible so. that they would do it but of course they are they're actually a uh, a company that needs money the coolest thing about this is um epic no longer taking uh so if your game is in unreal engine they do not take a cut from sales mm-hmm. um rocket league coming to their platform it actually runs in unreal engine so any sales um thereafter on pc i believe 100 percent of that will go to psionics but also they're owned by epic so either way yeah, I mean, um, it, it all 100% goes of it would have gone to Epic, so, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. man, those loopholes, though. <laughs> that seems like such a weird loophole. They're like, either way, we're making money. I mean, yeah, it's smart. Uh, it's very smart. Gobbling up Psionics, of all things, like Rocket League, however much you might not hear about it recently, it's still a massive game. Yeah, there's a big following. I think it's, I think it's really smart because they obviously want to have the most of the 
longevity type games that will have that player base to keep them going i mean if they could find a way to sweep dota 2 away from steam which would obviously never happen because it's made by steam but if that was ever to happen like man they would take a huge hit (laughs) but like things like games like that are what they want to obviously go for because the more player base they have the more people who are going to be on epic store who will then want to buy that game the extra game or play another one of theirs of Fortnite and things like that because they're already in that ecosystem so i think it's a really smart move the only thing that sucks from my point of view is just the same kind of things that i've been saying i'm, I'm tired of having so many damn launchers for all these freaking game engines that like oh you need this one to play this game and this one to play but like also is just the fact that epic is not as well versed in a lot of the features that steam has as far as like their you know steam's been around for a lot longer so they obviously have more time and history for different actions different things that epic doesn't have so it kind of sucks that they're moving away i don't know in relation to rocket league because i don't really play it that much so I, i don't know if that will really affect it at all or i don't play on epic so i don't know really the comparison between the connectivity in games other than Fortnite, but it does kind of suck if this is going to be a potential thing because games that might rely on certain other features for steam this will be you know obviously an impact to people until epic can get up to speed with some of the features that steam has and it's it's not like a bad thing like it's good that there's there's obviously competition in the market like that should be something that happens just to keep people from becoming what steam became um but at the same time as a consumer yeah exactly but as a consumer (laughs) it really doesn't do anything for me like and i get it i should be you know grateful that the developers are getting more and yes it should it should be about us kind of having some take and give but there's not a lot that i've seen that still changes my mind as to I want to jump ships or I want to start, you know, being a supporter of Epic in that kind of sense. Um, and there's, there's obvious reasons, but it's just, it doesn't seem like enough for me right now. Um, granted as time goes on and it becomes more mature, maybe that will be a thing. I just still am kind of like old man, like, man, change is bad kind of a thing which is a dumb way to look at it but i mean you need to get over that hurdle so there needs to be something that changes my mind kind of a thing and i'm sure there's other people out there who think the same oh i I know there are (laughs) yeah there's definitely a decent amount of people especially all those people are super pissed about epic games exclusivity and shit like that um i believe something that you kind of hit on is uh how epic didn't have or doesn't have certain um features that steam does like leaderboards and such i believe there's that game dangerous driving that came out that does not currently have an online feature the game um the developers are working on it but an online feature that came comes from steam itself Mm -hmm. is a leaderboard um and since epic game store does not have that there's basically like there's there's no online functionality so yeah, yeah it's i mean it it's not 
it's not making the game worse because you still get to play the game you just don't get to have that additional aspect that steam gives you yeah exactly Uh, there's a lot of like there's a lot of good and bad from both sides obviously when you're a developer um but yeah there's a lot of built-in stuff from steam just because they've been around so long and there's so many games that are on that platform that have asked for certain things that things have been built and with that they all kind of connect like it makes sense that for right now the reason why I hate Epic exclusive uh, exclusivity is because they lack those features and it just, it sucks, especially for those consumers and for even those developers who now have to rush to try to make these other pieces to fit in with, you know, Epic's lack at this point. That is very true. Yeah. I, I definitely, I mean, I feel bad that developers are, they may or may not have to scramble to like in, create features for their like epic game store version of their game um, mm-hmm. because a decent amount of developers aren't necessarily like exclusive to epic game store. They're just releasing it on both epic and steam. Right. Um, no, that's but true. I also don't feel bad. I, I don't feel bad um, in a way because like, there are certain epic like exclusive games that I believe there was like a there was a recent game I believe it was called like IO or something like that that ended up like completely uh getting back its development costs because they went epic games exclusive and they hadn't even none of the it was all just because they went exclusive it's what epic paid them everything else is gravy like all the sales on top of it is gravy which is pretty sweet but I mean, gravy's not that sweet. This game might also suck. So, I don't know. There's, dude, there's some places where they call things gravy that is not actually gravy. Actually, like sauce. Oh man, like I, th- you should go to if you're in North Carolina and you go to Asheville, go to Biscuit Head. Oh my God, they're gravy. Do they say it's gravy, but it's actually sauce? No. Well, <laughs> no, no, it's gravy. It's gravy, and it's like the best gravy you'll ever have in your life, and the best biscuits. Yeah. I, I guess in like uh, Long Island, they call it gravy, but it's actually just like pasta sauce and shit. Oh, like, what the fuck? <laughs> they're just That's like, weird. oh yeah, it's no, gravy. No. It's like pa- Yeah, it's like sauce. It's weird. It's mm. definitely weird. Uh, speaking of weird, our next article is over uh, on Rock Paper Shotgun. I never frequent this website. I was very <laughs> surprised that you put something in here. They really make it hard to find this fucking guy who wrote this. Um, so this is <laughs> Dominic Terrason. Tarasin, something like that. I don't. He's a contributor. <laughs> I don't so. think that's his. It's definitely Tarasin. Oh right. shit! No, his name is right there. I just went way out of my way to find it. Yeah. His name is easily found. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is a hat in time adds cat crimes and fifty player online in its new DLC. Um, blah blah blah. Good Mario Star platformers, all that good. Um, <laughs> announced today the and I'm not gonna say this correctly. Ni Ak Uza something like that metro dlc lands on uh may 10th and adds two big new things uh to gears for breakfast yep that's the uh, the developer oh okay i was like what does that even mean i'm just <laughs> it's kind of weird the gaming industry has now become gibberish and i'm like i love it but it's gibberish um <laughs> they add new things to games for breakfasts collectathon platformer first a whole new story zone uh the titular Niakuza, maybe. I think it's Niakuza. Niakuza, let's go with that. Metro, uh, a neon Tokyo-inspired railroad hub infested with cats, burglar, cat burglars, and other felonous felines. 
Um, the other half of the DLC is an online party mode, a semi-cooperative multiplayer mode for up to 50 players. It's uh, it's as messy as it sounds, as you can mm-hmm. see in the trailer below. I love that they reference the trailer. Literally, they bury the lead so much in this fucking trailer, dude. <laughs> I was like, I just want to know about the online multiplayer. Like, that's, I mean, it talks about the story, mm-hmm. and then it talks about a whole bunch of stupid shit like stickers, and then it talks about the multiplayer. And this is like a five-minute fucking trailer. It takes forever. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Jesus Christ. And then we get to it, and it's just like, oh, yeah, it's like playing the game, but with friends. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I guess just... You could put that at the front of the fucking trailer, but I guess I wouldn't have watched it. <laughs> Gotta so... save the best for last, you know? Yeah. Because, I mean, the minute you see stickers at the end after all that stuff, you're going to be like, oh, well, a sticker is good enough. <laughs> Yeah, I could put stickers on my bat. I mean, yeah, you gotta gotta put them on little slugger. So we actually talked about this uh, last week. Well, we talked Did about it? the uh, developer teasing something, uh, but yes, it yes, hadn't yes. happened yet because it was happening the day after we were recording. So I know you're a big Hat in Time fan. Are you super stoked about this? I'm pretty stoked, but I didn't. Can back... I ask you a question, real? Quick? Yeah, sure. How does she fly? How does she fly? She, yeah, that really bothers me. She flies. How does she do I mean, that? she doesn't fly. She, she like, jumps She jumps forward. and dashes? Yeah, she dashes. How the fuck does she dash in there? She, I don't know. She's, <laughs> this she's magic. This is she's video like, game logic. She's, like, not really a kid. She's kind of like an alien in some ways, it seems. She's not, but it, it's very, very open as to where she comes from. So she might just be you know superhuman kind of a thing i mean i guess i really shouldn't be delving deep into the like rules and logic of this uh of this game because there's literally cats that talk so that's true i mean there's a lot of it's like oh there's like fucking how does pikachu shoot thunderbolts i don't know meowth talks why is why is it so crazy to think that fucking pikachu through thunderbolts yeah and there's cats there's a cat talking in there see totally yeah, that's why I brought that up. <laughs> <laughs> totally normal. Um, yeah, no, it's I'm pretty super. Uh, I'm super hyped. You're pretty super stoked. Pretty super stoked. I'm super hyped, <laughs> but I wasn't one of You're the original. You're gonna have to pay for it. Yeah, I wasn't one of the original Kickstarter backers, so I have to pay for it this time. The last time they were super cool about it. They were like, "And the day it drops, it's free, but then you have to pay for it." And I was like, "That's perfect. I'll just be one of the first people that gets it, and then I don't have to pay." But now I do. And I'm sad. But it's, I mean, the thing about this one is, honestly, I'm glad that Seal the Deal was free because I think if I would have paid the price point that they're asking for this one, I probably would have been a little upset. $7? Yeah. Because Seal the Deal was like, it was good. And it's obviously like worth the price when you think about the time and investment that these people have to put in for it. But like, it did not live up to the same feel as the main storyline game. Like there was a lot of, I don't know, just in certain ways it felt kind of rushed, I guess, even though it was more polished than the others, but it it just, it didn't feel right. Uh, I don't really have a good way to describe that, but it wasn't as fun as the others, and I I wasn't crazy about the weird missions that they had where you you were basically running around acting as, like, this maid person. Not really a maid, but you had to, like, do stuff for the ship, Um, and it was, like, time-based. the deal added co-op, right? They did add co-op, which was awesome. And that, I mean, that alone yeah. was like one of the, oh, well, this is worth it. But I believe the co-op is free regardless. It wasn't part of the DLC package, if I'm not mistaken. Um, because I think when when the thing came out, it was like there's DLC and there's also co-op now. But I'm pretty sure it wasn't tied together. 
but I mean, now you can have 50 people. So like co-op sucks. Like what's the point of having (laughs) one person if you could have 49 others? Yeah. They kind of like snubbed themselves. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, but at the same time, like I think this one looks a lot more interesting as far as the, the gameplay to it, since it seems like it'll be much more high paced. Um, and the world just seems a little bit more interesting than going on an Arctic cruise where you just end up getting stuck out there. Um, but I, I don't know, honestly, like it, it depends on how much they put into this one as well, because they said 10 different time pieces, which depending on if that's 10 separate levels or if that's like five separate levels with one of those levels that has like a number of time pieces in it, we'll have to see. Um, but I still think it's worth it. I'm still going to end up getting it just because I really love this game and I want to support the devs. Um, but yeah, a little, I'm definitely not excited for the 50 person maps. I have no interest in that because I don't have 50 friends and I hate playing with people online that I don't know. So won't be something I do, but, uh, but I'll end up getting it anyway. Cause I want more hat and time content. Ah, well, speaking of playing with people you don't like online, our next news story is uh, continues to be on Rock, Paper, Shotgun and written by the same guy. Oh, wow. Yeah. What do you know? Same dude. Um, this is Risk of Rain 2 forecasts five big updates and a spring launch. Um, does it? Yeah, it does. it does. Yes, it does. It does. Yeah, 1.0 launch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I forgot it's in early access. I was like, it's already fucking launched. You could play it. But then I Not forgot. Yeah, it's in early, early access. access. Um, so it looks like in June you'll be receiving a new survivor, a new stage, new boss, new items and equipment, and more. Um, mm-hmm. In the summer, you will be receiving uh, skills 2.0, a new survivor, new stage, new boss, and new items, equipment, and more. Mm-hmm. Um, fall, pretty much the same stuff with the exception of you will also get a new hidden realm mm-hmm. or a hidden realms. Yeah. Yeah. Several because it's plural. Mm-hmm. Um, that's how S's work, I guess. Sometimes. Um, <laughs> and in the winter, uh, you will get artifacts, new or artifacts 2.0, new mm-hmm. stages, new boss, or new stage, new bosses, and new items and such. And of course, you got your spring 2020 release. Um, that's your 1.0 launch, a new survivor, final stage, final boss, and new items, equipment, and more. Mm-hmm. There's a lot happening with this game. This game looks awesome. I might actually have to buy it Dude, and play with you. You should buy it and play it with I've me. I've said this twice now on the podcast, but I know I might you're, actually have. Why? To. Why must you tease me like this? <laughs> yeah, how I went on that little rant on Twitter with with Ross. I saw it. I was like, that, <laughs> that boy's gonna get the game. He's gonna play with me. But then he didn't. Yes, Sensei, teach me to play Risk of Rain. Teach me. <laughs> I will teach you. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't consider myself a pro, but uh, I mean. I'll be better than you when you first start, so I can teach you some things, I guess. Um, I mean, honestly, it's it's just a really good good game to just mess around with and more content. Like like I've said before, to I don't know if I said it on the podcast, but I know I've said it to other people. Is this game, even though it's early access, I would have paid the twenty bucks to buy this just as is because I've already put in like thirty hours, which is you know a great amount of time for a game that's not even fully released yet and i'm having a ton of fun with it are you excited for this new content you excited for the new survivors and all sorts of other stuff i mean i don't know what the majority of this means (laughs) like the (laughs) hidden realms i don't know what that means i don't know what artifacts are 
Um, so yeah so uh new survivors just means new playable characters which is awesome because i mean i've been playing around with them but i've definitely found like my two that i play all the time because i'm just like nope these are the best that that i like yeah but um the new stages is good because you rotate through the same like five or six stages right now so as this gets a little bit different it'll be nice to have more variability and where you're really going to realistically start and where it'll end because I'm, I'm hoping what happens is they they change the order on you so that these new ones will be interchangeable and just come up whenever so you really don't know what to expect um bosses is easy to think of as just bosses items equipment and more is uh you're obviously always picking up items and and getting different relics that change your passive abilities so that'll be nice to see what items work well with other characters and then the cool thing about artifacts is artifacts what they had in risk of rain one was this concept of artifact where it's basically game modifiers so an artifact is where you'll turn on you'll you'll find them in the game you have to unlock them basically so kind of like achievements which is the way any of the things in this game start showing up but you'll basically turn those modifiers on and they change the game whether it gives you either an earlier start where it's more helpful in the game or maybe it makes enemies more difficult i'm really not sure what they're going to carry over with this and what it will actually be but it's always fun to change up the run in certain ways they're already kind of doing artifacts but you can't enable them you have to do what's known as prismatic trials um, and that's essentially their like daily challenge run where it'll have certain uh certain artifacts to it like one of the artifacts is the stages randomly change and you never know what you're going to get first or you know second so they go in a weird order that's different some of them are just easy uh, like very basic things where it's like start with a certain amount of gold instead so the run goes a little bit differently um but it'll be really nice to see what exactly they do with this um i'm definitely excited because it's really not that far off if you think of this you know being early access and them actually saying like hey we have a plan we're actually going to release whereas most games in early access are just like yeah we'll we'll release eventually and we'll just keep updating things and let you know how it goes so like it's nice that they have this roadmap and they're like this is our plan if you know they're a little off in certain ways like that's fine but they're you know going into this with a plan and hopefully they'll be able to stick with it yeah, I was actually going to bring that up, too, that it's awesome that they actually are just like, yeah, this is when we plan on launching. Mm-hmm. We're not like Fortnite, and we're just in beta for 12 years. We're never going to come out of beta. <laughs> Very excited. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I don't. one of the things that I'm interested to see is if the price point goes up when they do actually launch. Um, that would be one of the reasons why I would say get it. But, obviously for people who who are on the fence they can you know wait for more content i feel at this point you really don't need to um because it's still a great game overall but obviously if you wait a little bit you know that at least in june summer fall and winter you'll still most likely have the game at the same price point but with extra content so there's that yeah this is very exciting I'm I will more than likely purchase this game. I mean, I really wish they were like they just threatened people. They're like, by the way, at launch it's gonna be thirty five dollars. I mean I'd be like fuck I, yeah, I'll buy it right now. I mean, yeah, they honestly as they get closer, I wouldn't be surprised if they did that, especially since they're being published by uh Gearbox. So it makes more sense that they're a higher end tier 
you know backing for this game so i'm sure their marketing team would be like hey you know these are the the tips that you should be following to make sure you're more successful aka getting more money but um that would obviously be a good price or selling point for getting people in before the early access ends yeah yeah that's very true um so speaking of shitty articles um (laughs) were we (laughs) So uh, did you not say that? Oh yeah, sorry, uh, man. I was reading a shitty article the other day. Anyway, what were we doing again? Oh right, the podcast. All right, go on with the yeah, yeah, yeah. So, speaking of uh, shitty articles, I mean, it must have just been on my mind because this is the shittiest fucking article I've ever read in my life. Ooh. It is over on Game Informer. Yeah, coming at this guy with some heat. Oh jeez. Fuck you, Daniel Tack. Oh my Jesus. Goodness. <laughs> oh. Uh, so this is this Katana is Zero me. is getting free DLC and a speedrun mode. If you guys would like to know why this is such a shitty article, it is literally three lines and then a picture of a tweet. Thank you for that, Daniel. You really worked hard on this one. Um, so, <laughs> every and, t- anytime I see articles like this, I'm always like, I should write more. I could get away with this. <laughs> like, dude, right? Apparently, what is the point of even writing paragraphs anymore when you could just take pictures of tweets? It just makes sense. <laughs> Um, so the developers of Katana Zero went to Twitter to say, uh, thank you so much for playing and sharing Katana Zero. We're excited that we've sold over 100,000 copies in the first week, um, and they're working on their first free DLC plus a speed mo- speedrun mode is underway. That is literally all you know. So I guess I can't necessarily judge him for the lack of content I mean, in yeah, this article. It's not like they're um, given loads of information. Yeah, but I'm also just going to shit on him for not including, like, anything else. Like, they could have also said, hey, by the way, it's Devolver's Digital's second best-selling game of all time. Only, like, only, uh, uh, literally the only one that did better is Enter the Gungeon. You could have included that. You could have included lots of stuff. But you just included two lines, and the third line being, uh, hey, go check out our review. And we did, like, this gameplay. I'm like, cool, thanks, guy. So you wrote two lines of uninspired, uh, just nothing, and took a picture. Awesome. Good job. <laughs> I don't like being in this. There's too much heat. <laughs> uh, have you played Katana Zero? No, huh? Oh, I'm hearing good things about it. Lots of people are enjoying it. Yeah. I think uh, Ross was really, really enjoying it. And Yo, he, he was loved head the over whole hills, like, to be heels. continued thing. I was like, yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. I'm not going to spoil what that means, even though I kind of just did, but it sounds cool. <laughs> I mean, yeah, clearly, clearly more to come, but no, he, he definitely loved the game. Like he started playing it and instantly it was just like, this is so cool. Rah, 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 like going crazy about it. And then all the way until he basically finished the game. Um, I've, I've watched someone play it. It looks really interesting. I like the whole concept of it. Um, and I can see why, like it, it definitely, there's, an obvious reason that people are into this game like it has that fast paced mode but it has a very unique mechanic in the time reset of each level um i don't know it just came out at a weird time for me because of the other games steam that world were quest yeah like steam like world quest later. and yeah <laughs> basically so like i i feel like this will definitely be on my my list for things to come back to um and at this point, I might just end up waiting for whatever that free DLC is because more content, more fun, I guess. But what if it just added co-op? Would you still play? I Would you buy it? I mean, 
<laughs> I mean, are they going to give the free, give the co-op? I mean, they're giving the co-op for free. So yeah, why not? I, I don't understand how right. co-op would work on this game just based on what I've watched. Like, I feel like that would be really, uh, Oh yeah. It would break the game. Annoying. There's no way that they'll put co-op in it, <laughs> Yeah, but <laughs> I get what you were trying to reference, but no, I don't, <laughs> I don't think that would stop me. <laughs> what if they shipped you to the Arctic? And you did nothing else. What about that? Would mm. that get you? That get you there? I mean, yeah, I think I'd still do it. All right, sweet. So that's speaking so f- of uh, still doing it, our last oh, news story up one. today. Yeah, dude, I'm excited for this article because it's so dumb. <laughs> um, it's over on Polygon. It is written by Patricia Hernandez, and it is sex game that looks like a kinky Mass Effect blows up on Kickstarter. If you guys wonder what uh, what this game is, oh yeah, guys, we're trendsetters. We talked about this game like freaking a month ago. This is Subverse. We had it on God Bless the Crowd. This game is blowing up. Clearly. Apparently it now has like, it finally, you said it ended its Kickstarter and it ended up with like $2 million yeah. in US dollars. Yeah, it was, I think it was 1.6 million pounds, which roughly estimates to about 2.1, 2.2 million dollars. That's intense. You know what I didn't know, though? That they just... I mean, I don't even know why they wouldn't say this in their Kickstarter page. Uh, but it does say, four years ago, Studio FOW, which I don't know what that stands for, uh, was known as a collective that created brutal porn films featuring the heroines of popular video games. In these movies, characters would routinely get raped and abused until reaching a mental breakdown what the fuck yeah yeah dude they're um that's fucked up you remember you remember that was like it was i kind of briefly mentioned well, it i remembered you saying they got like taken off of uh like yeah. patreon because they had some wolf dick or something but yeah. i was like what brutal rape yeah they've got uh, they've got some weird stuff <laughs> i mean don't you worry though that one of the developers has gone on the record and say that subverse will not feature rape he says subverse will feature fully consensual sex Um, this is dc the creative director and he said and this is my favorite part probably one of the greatest lines in all of journalism it was a creative decision on my part fuck yeah dude (laughs) i mean really if there's any creative decision that uh, i mean that just needs to be made it is consensual sex in your video game thank you you are truly just a paragon you're just amazing i i love you really (laughs) fuck this dude (laughs) he's such an asshole hey man not raping people takes some creativity apparently i mean man it's just common decency but it's really just sucked all the creative juices out of him which is kind of a weird Uh, yeah i don't know if i would use that for this (laughs) i love that i'm saying him but i actually don't know if it's if it's a man they just say dc they don't use any sort of pronoun Mm, yeah i I mean i don't know i don't think it matters at this point (laughs) (laughs) brutal rape scenes but don't you worry dude consensual sex they did not say in the kickstarter page that it would only be consensual sex now i'm in dude i want this fucking Mm. game yeah i know now it's too late i was gonna say someone this should have came out beforehand now i'm like i would have would have put my money in if i knew it was consensual (laughs) (laughs) honestly i'm not even joking if this game actually came to playstation 4 i might buy it (laughs) they 
Okay, I brought this up before the podcast. They totally ripped off Edie, by the way. They just ripped off Edie from the Mass Effect franchise. It's like this is Android woman with a very like freakishly similar haircut and super busty, which just describes Edie. I mean, that's what Edie looks like. So, just saying, they ripped. Did they? They yeah, they did that. Carbon copy. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what more to say about this other than saying that that developer is a dickhead for writing that that was a creative choice. Um, this article does not say really anything about it. just talks about how, man, you can have some sex with some aliens. It's completely success- uh, consensual. And they made $2 million on Kickstarter. That blows my freaking mind. I mean, I'd like to think that we're responsible for at least like one point five mil. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I our mean, audience is so large. Probably like everybody so, was like, "Dude, this fucking game is awesome." So large and so perverted. <laughs> I mean, if if not the full two million now, because I mean, we obviously own time machines, and we now know it's all consensual sex. It's so. true. Yeah. Now now everyone's gonna go at it. Yeah. They should have waited. Should have kept it open for just a few more days. I feel like they should have just kept it open forever. They would have just kept making money. Like people just maybe kept... they'll do it as a games as a service. Yeah. And they're like, yeah. If you give us more money, we'll just add more gratuitous sex scenes. No rape though. Wow. That's fucked up. Pay to fuck. So they like prostitution. <laughs> it is the video game equivalent of prostitution. Yes. Mm. That's exactly what this is. Sounds sexy. <laughs> 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 When I saw this article, I was like, we have to talk about it. There's no I way mean, we don't talk about anime boobs the video game. Like, I mean, it's yeah, just impossible. This is, this is like where we started. This is like our home. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That is very true. <laughs> yeah. I was pretty, <laughs> I was pretty like I saw it and I was like, oh man, I thought we weren't going to mention it again. <laughs> Every week we have to. <laughs> we have to talk about Subverse. Yeah. yeah. Well, now it's over. It's almost like we're contractually obligated to do it. I know. I feel like I should have given them a dollar just so I could have kept up with like their news. You know that one tier where you always <laughs> just every week we yeah. give the update. We give on the update. Like, this is how they're doing, by the way. <laughs> they just added a sex scene. Big oh, penises. Shit. Little did you know. Oh man, they added a, a rape DLC. Too far. Yeah, that would have been fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> so it's time for us to. I mean, just. I was gonna make like a sexual pun. I mean, yeah, this is the time to cram, do it. But Let's... yeah, oh, speaking yeah. of getting crammed by robots, you know what I mean? It's ooh, time ooh. to pop into news cram. Cram, 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 cram. I hate my life. Oh yeah, I love it. <laughs> Welcome to the cram uh, zone. <laughs> do you think that's actually a line in the game? I hope so, but I'll never I mean, know. I mean, have you seen that there's a line in Days Gone that during their wedding vows, the like his wife says uh, something about like he better ride her as much as he rides his motorcycle. Damn. Yeah, that's an actual line of dialogue in that fucking game. Well, you know, some... that's why I bought that game, dude. He's got. Oh, is that why? <laughs> <laughs> so our first uh, news cram article is over on Game Informer. It is. Co-op adventure 39 Days to Mars lands on Nintendo Switch next month. Uh, Our second article is also on Game Informer. It is Limited Run Games E3 press conference takes place on June 10th. Are you fucking hyped? Um, Think of all the physical shit that you could buy. I mean, I'm really... I'm I'm very soured with Limited Run right now. Mm. I had talked about 
several months ago, like five months ago to be exact, that I got up early to buy the Celeste Collector's Edition, I still have not got it. Because hmm. they, uh, because Matt Makes Games announced that they were putting out the DLC, so they postponed the launch oh. of the physical editions so that they could include the DLC on their discs. What? And I was like, dude, just give me my fucking collector's edition. Wouldn't, yeah, but don't you... Well, actually, why does that matter? They could just patch that It in. doesn't! You can literally just do an online patch yeah. like every other fucking game. Yeah, it's unnecessary. Doesn't. I mean, well, I mean, it's nice for the people who don't like have internet, I guess. But yeah, it's very nice for them. But guess what? I'm not one of them. I need this fucking game. Where's my <laughs> collector's edition? All right. Well, maybe they'll tell you that their their E3 thing is that it's coming soon. We finally shipped out our collector's editions like eight months into the year. Check your mailbox. It's in there right now. Check your mailbox. There's a gift certificate because we forgot to send you your fucking uh, collector's edition. Uh, the next article is over on Twinfinite. It is quirky musical puzzle game Figment uh, gets a PlayStation 4 announcement trailer. Um, then we're over on Polygon for an article that I kind of thought about talking about, but I was like, it's not necessarily news. It's just really weird. Um, it turns out that Shovel Knight is a 3D game, and I hate that they do this. They do the dash seriously now, i didn't think you were being serious at all thank you very much that's I very mean, nice it could just be a news article that's lying that's very true that's or it could be like three lines i uh, never yeah. know yeah 3d <laughs> it's it's three lines yeah um the next article is on twinfinite is valkyrie action game uh never releases on steam early access with a new trailer um then we're staying on twinfinite for the swords of ditto's Swords of Ditto uh, Mormo's Curse is coming to the Nintendo Switch next month Uh, and the last news story in God Bless or not the God dude what is my issue a news cram going going out of the cram zone for that one um, uh, the last article is uh, World of Goo receives first update in 10 years amid uh, Epic Game Store giveaway why and that is the last news article that we have and God bless the cram. No, nope, fuck, dude. I did it twice. <laughs> I did it twice. <laughs> God bless that the was, cram. That wasn't even like <laughs> I didn't do that on accident. That was on. Or I did it on. I'm having a stroke. <laughs> what is happening to you today? I'm having a stroke. <laughs> oh my god. Where's Apparently. your wife? <laughs> In the other room. Oh, I think she actually just left to get me corn dogs. So. Oh, so you're dead. I'm dead. Yeah, I'm just dead. <laughs> what a nice gesture. Even though you're now dead. <laughs> Speaking of dead people, uh, time to move on to our last section of the podcast. That is God Bless the Crowd. It is where Josh goes into different uh, crowdfunding sites, Kickstarter generally, but there's also the other ones that I forget to talk about ever. Um, we've got two on here. Uh, we've got Midnight Story, which, man, do they have an awesome uh, gameplay trailer. And we've got Heroes Ravage for the second time because they are re- Doing their Kickstarter, um, it's it's because of popular demand. Their uh, their community really wanted them to relaunch the Kickstarter, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. That's fantastic. I'm very excited for them. This game looks really cool. Um, so let's talk about Midnight Story. Uh, he's got a helicopter sword. That is very cool. <laughs> I have that, yet to open up the page, so I'm just stalling. Is that, <laughs> is that doing it for you? <laughs> 
I'm not even joking. It actually kind of does. Because his sword, I mean, one, he's a ginger. Two, they did an awkwardly long 360 spin. So that was really sweet. Um, and three, he's got a helicopter sword. That's pretty much everything I want in a video game right there. I mean, yeah, yeah maybe. I guess that could be what you want. So to give a little bit of context to what this game is, it is a story-driven action-adventure RPG set in a steampunk and fantasy open world uh, for apparently PC specifically, even though that I'm assuming one of their stretch goals is PlayStation 4. Yeah, it is. So, I mean, fuck me, right? Open world for PC. Um, They're asking for $50,487. That is their goal. They're 22 days. uh, They've got 22 days left to go, and they have already made $13,136. That's, yeah, dude. He's got a shape-shifting sword. That's why. It's, a, it's a, you fight with the power of a mechanical shape shifting sword. I mean, is it really shape shifting? It just turns into a helicopter. Like that's I mean, pretty normal got, for most swords, dude. It's got new shapes. It's got all kinds it's, of I mean, shapes. You got me there. Mostly, actually, I guess it doesn't. It's pretty much all those square, like rectangular blades. So it's pretty much the same shape, just multiples. It's more like shape adder, not shifting. Shape adding oh. sword. There you go. All I'm right. Kind of, I'm I kind mean, of rambling. <laughs> now we got to the the bottom of that. When do you actually get this fucking game? How much money do you have to give them before it, there's like five tiers down? And I still I know, haven't it's seen where weird. you get this game. Yeah. <laughs> Why do they have a ten like a, a ten pound? Oh my god, is it more than twenty dollars? Yeah, you got to pay twenty two dollars U.S. dollars what for the, the game. F- Wait, do you? Where I'm not. Oh, okay, digital yeah, game. Now digital I see game. it. Yeah, it wasn't yeah, yeah. like in the included section. So, oh yes, it was. Never mind. <laughs> they just really buried it. Yeah, yeah. They they don't make it as obvious. And some of these are like kind of weird. Like, so for eleven dollars, you'd basically get news, thanks, digital wallpapers, digital soundtrack, and then your name featured as a supporter, which seems pretty high for most Kickstarter tiers to to do that, but. I don't, I don't know. Is five is six dollars worth getting four digital wallpapers? Um, I mean, if you've got four different monitors and you really need to cover all that space, yeah, it's very mm. worth it. Well, I don't. Um, how many so... monsters? Monitors? <laughs> how many monsters? There's too many monsters in my computer. Uh, well, you could cover them with your digital wallpaper, so you don't have to worry about it. I know. Unfortunately, at my uh, home office, I only have one. I'm pretty fucking scrub right now. Uh, yeah, dude. What? Who, how are you gonna um, completely utilize your four digital wallpapers if you only have one monitor, dude? Uh, Come I'll on. Just I'll edit them so that they're all in one image, and then I'll put it up on my one screen. That's that. I mean, that's just fucked up. I can't believe you do that. I know. Well, we should probably talk about the game, though. Yeah. Yeah. We should. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So the game uh, I'm getting serious Fable vibes from, uh, which honestly, if it's closer to Fable One than others, uh, I'm definitely down for. Like, it it seems like it has a lot of potential as far as 3D adventure games go. Um, I like the fact that it has the weird fucking like um, helicopter sword. Helicopter sword because like <laughs> yeah, because obviously because that's cool. But also, if they're doing weird shit like that, that means they're gonna be you know I'm sure have other quirky or zany little additions that you can get or things to your skill set. So it it reminds me of like Fable, but with a ratchet and clank feel to it with different weapons because you do have like a pistol, you have your 
helicopter sword like i don't know how much they'll go into that which i hope they do because man i wish i had more ratchet and clank type games but um i mean it still it still seems pretty pretty good actually i think 22 is kind of a high point but then again that's more of just me being cheap um the game seems like depending on how long this is it seems like this would take a lot of work and development cost to it so i can understand why they would put that price point um but yeah i, I don't know it, it seems like there's something something to this especially if you like 3d adventure games i'm sure people would be down for this um i don't know what are your what are your thoughts on it uh, my thoughts is that they only have two characters apparently, so that's a little weird. They have it like listed on their Kickstarter page characters: Peron, the scavenger, which is your main character, and then they have uh, Samuel, Samuel, the engineer, who is a, a supporting character. Yeah, that's it. There's no more characters. It's just, that's all you get. I mean, yeah, it's gonna be a pretty empty town, I guess. <laughs> He lives in an archipelago, so yeah, I guess. I don't, also, I don't really know. Does it really? Is it really in like? Do they need to put his blood type there? <laughs> yeah, they they're like fun facts. He one he's he's O. Yeah, just that's his blood type, and he's a pizza lover and a caffeine addict. Like, do you think that'll come up? Do you think there'll be a part where he loses a lot of blood, or one of the other loses blood, and he has to donate? And you have to find out who can donate. Yeah, yeah. I think it'll definitely come up. Yeah, um, seems... One thing they do boast about, which is really cool, if you guys are near Automata fans or Dark Souls fans, uh, Drakengard, any of those, they have the singer, yeah, the vocalist um, that did some of the music for those is actually going to be featured in this game. Hmm. I think that's really cool. I mean, I'm not a big like audiophile, um, but that is awesome. Yeah, no, it is pretty cool. I love when they they get those you know those other individuals who will back this, especially since you know I I wonder how the conversation goes when you're doing a Kickstarter like this to get someone who's already like a big uh, you know voice actor or other individual inside the game industry market. Like, do you think? Well, I don't know. I just I wonder how the contract goes for something like that, especially since this is a project that's not really created or officially set in stone because they haven't been backed yet so i wonder if the person like is just like yeah sure i guess i'll do it because maybe they don't think it's gonna back or something i don't know but i just wonder how that that communication goes yeah maybe they get like a portion of the profits or something like that i don't oh, know well yeah this I'm game sure. does look pretty cool though so i think it'll probably get funded i mean it i don't think it necessarily bodes well that they're asking for 50k mm-hmm. i mean I well, I guess maybe it started off at twenty five days. So it might only be three days in, and they're they're mm. already a decent amount in. I doubt that that's twenty five days. Uh, I'm yeah, pretty sure too. this was the thirty day, <laughs> like most, which is fine because generally the way Kickstarters work, if you talk to a lot of people, and and kind of the same way for marketing or any kind of events, your main base of influx with uh, individuals backing things is going to be in the first couple of days like the first week and the last week generally because you usually get the most hype at the start when it first comes out it kind of lulls for a little bit and then later on when it's getting closer people will kind of evaluate is it going to make it and if it's you know kind of close to that goal people will start being like all right i gotta chip in now like so i don't think it's out of the realm to like of possibilities to say that it couldn't make it but I also think there's a good possibility this won't because 50k from 13 is pretty far 
um, just based on the fact that they've had eight days. So that's like their main, probably going to be their main amount until later into closer the end of this. Yeah, sadly, even if they get back, like you still have to... I, I don't see their stretch goals like listed, but they still have to get deep into their stretch goals to get that PlayStation 4 version that I really want. Oh, so. see? Yeah, see, it's kind of... Oh, man, it sucks. You got to put those those different tiers at a lower place to really incentivize people backing to even get to the first, uh, like the campaign actually funded, I feel yeah, like. the actual release of your game. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> because like... It kind of sucks, but the same thing happened with like um, Kingdom of Night. Was I was like, "Fuck, I really want this to get funded," which it did, which is awesome. But I like, I wanted the stretch goal of the co-op to be a thing. Um, man, we're really talking about co-op a lot today. But anyway, <laughs> but it was like so far that I don't know if it'll make it. But actually, now it's it's getting pretty close to it, so I'm pretty excited. But in a lot of cases, there are these these stretch goals that you're like. Well, I'm not going to like there's there's a lot of negative connotation in it. Like I'm not going to back because I know it's not going to make it to the PS one, which means like, why should I put my money in? Yeah. You know what they should do? Just put consensual sex in their game. They'll make two million dollars. Mm, that's true. It's been uh, it, it's been it's been proven. proven. Yeah, dude. I mean, it just works. Um, the other game we've got on here, uh, Heroes Ravage, we, we've already spoken about it. We actually, um, or I believe that it was just me, did an interview with one of the creators. His name is Mario. Um, we have that interview. Just You just go back on the podcast feed. It's pretty easy to find. He was a cool guy. Heroes Ravage looks really, really cool. Um if I'm being honest, I probably wouldn't play it just because it's not necessarily my kind of game. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But I'd, I'd probably buy it and never play it. If that's so because weird. that's just something I do. And it only costs seventeen dollars instead of uh, like twenty two, yeah. and it's only one tier down. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, I I really put this on just to give some visibility to it because this game, it I really love the concept. It's a shame that not a lot of people are as into it, but I think you kind of touched upon it the same way that I feel is this game, the concept to it is super unique, but I just can't really see myself actually playing this game. Um, but I'm sure there's a lot of people out there and they're kind of they always get to around the same area which sucks because they're always asking for about 20k because this has been up here not uh not once but actually three times so this holy is holy shit yeah i so, only thought it was twice yeah no so i i looked because i was i was curious because i was like oh okay how many have they done because they have four created and in here there are three of those were this game basically just rebranded the second time that they did it which was the time we talked about it they did get ten thousand out of their 20,000 goal. So, you know, they they got relatively close in, in certain ways. But, I mean, they do have 202 backers. They're at a fourth of their goal, which is 5,000 out of the 20,000 they're asking for. And they have 32 days to go. So I wanted to put this on there just for more visibility sake of it because I think it is really cool of just being able to go in and fight the basically link who always comes in and steals the rupees essentially um but just without the name brand of it this would be a cool game if nintendo was like kind of what they did with the crypt of the necrodancer and like backed it and we're like yeah you could use link like this kind of stuff they would instantly blow up but without that it's just a really cool idea so 
People should still get it, though. And they have actually uh, seemingly announced... I, I haven't seen... Is it a stretch goal for them to come to the Nintendo Switch? Um, we know, secure it's, it's on funding. A lot of areas. The game will be available on Steam uh, for Windows and Linux, and also be on the Nintendo Swil- Switch, provided we secure the funding. Okay, so I'm so assuming it isn't goal. a stretch goal. Well, I would. I don't. I mean, I I I would assume that it's just the funding for the actual game itself. Hmm, maybe. Yeah, and that's worded a little like it. It could go both ways, honestly. I don't see anything in here for stretch goals, though. To be honest. Yeah, me neither. I I really think it's just going to come to the Nintendo Switch, which I honestly I I think that this would be a great console for the Nintendo Switch, with the exception of um I have never played online on my Nintendo Switch, but I've mm. heard it is not like preferable. It's not great. Yeah, I think it also. De- Depends really because there's a lot of difference in how your console is set up if you have the right like there's an adapter for it that specifically hooks up to an internet connection rather than using wi-fi which makes it a lot better um but yeah in most cases it's not as up to par with say xbox or you know a, a playstation so kind of an issue but i'm sure they could make it work because i don't know well yeah i don't know how reliant like how much this game would really require it like what it would uh do on the concept of like stress for internet usage but i don't know i'm I'm sure it would still be fine because even still this would be a probably a good like co-op game yeah yeah it looks pretty great i mean i believe when i spoke to him there's not only the like online multiplayer and they were either working on co-op or there is co-op like land co-op in the game right but they also have the feature to uh play with npc characters so that's pretty awesome i think this game is a really interesting concept it looks really cool the gameplay looks fun the pixel art looks great there's so many great things about this game i just feel like it's not getting enough notoriety which really sucks Mm -hmm. because these guys seem really nice they seem really cool yeah freaking mario hit me up and was like happy holidays on christmas and i was like thank you wow look at that yeah he's a very nice guy oh what a what a what a good guy What are you going to do? Well, hopefully uh, something comes of it. We'll see. So now I think we should really start to taper this conversation off and move in to the last thing that we're going to talk about on the podcast. So I forgot to put this in the dock. Um, oh, yeah. But I, I didn't even know. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wanted to ask you a question. It's not going to be about your balls or anything like that. I wanted to ask you because we have both reviewed games before. Um, we've both got them from developers like codes and I'm assuming we have both actually purchased the games themselves um, yeah. does it change the way you feel about a game Ooh, if a you question. get a review copy yeah this is a good question um, so yeah. or I guess has it not has does it, it has it done it yeah because I can say personally it hasn't for me um just because I buy games for absolutely no reason anyway. So I kind of just waste my money on video games in general. So getting one like for cheap it all or just free. Out. Yeah, it it's like it doesn't necessarily bother me. Like I got uh, it, it's it's nice in a way like when the game sucks, it's like, "Oh, sweet." Like 
it's not going to factor into my review, but it is nice that I did not purchase this game. But I've always found that kind of weird. Um, that it there seems to be a disconnect, um, or at least people think there's a disconnect with reviewers when they say they got the game for free. It's not a bad game, but they're like, oh yeah, I just wouldn't pay $60 for it. And I, I don't know, they're... It seems like fans of different places will get really annoyed with people for saying stuff like that because not everyone has a disposable income, so they need to know whether or not it's a game that's worth the money. Um, So, yeah, how do you feel about it? Does it change the way you actually review a game? I mean, I would assume not. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I would hope not. Anyone who gives it to me for free, 10 out of 10. (laughs) (laughs) No, but it's a, it's a really good point because it, it there is a lot of nerves on the way this works, especially for people like us who are lower on the totem pole as far as like reviews go because, you know, we're we're working for companies that aren't an IGN or, you know, a Polygon, a Kotaku. Like we're working for places that they're not as like, "Oh, we always get these games for free. So when we do from developers, it's like there's a little bit of that kind of trust of like, well, you're doing me a service of, you know, letting me do this for you and actually giving to you that I should rate it higher, right? Um, So there's always kind of that point in your mind, especially for me. But at the same time, the ultimate goal, especially when doing these reviews and when talking, like the whole point of this podcast the whole point of the game reviews or any articles we do is for the consumer at the end of the day so i have struggled with it in some sense of like i do obviously you know i don't want to take the approach of putting a sour taste in the developer's mouth or giving them uh, a a reason to not want to give me a game later but at the end of the day you want to be true to the people who are reading it so the reason why i try to unbias myself from that is just because if i'm reading one of our reviews or any review for that matter like i want to know what this stuff is all about it's it's kind of why in the same part i'd like for people generally not to even say that they got the game for free because i feel like it instantly biases my own opinion sometimes of reading it just like you were saying because i'm like well do you have the same mentality that i do because like you mentioned as a consumer they might not have that disposable income so it's it's really it's really catch 22 on that because you don't want to hurt the developers feeling but you want to be true to the consumer but um i've always just tried to keep an open mind and try to just talk to the game regardless of if i paid for it or if i got it for free because at the end of the day there's a lot of i've said that line way too many times but um (laughs) but like when we're doing this at least from my perspective i'm also buying games on my own as well as receiving them so you know i'm still paying for them i still have that same mentality where i'm like i don't want to buy every game because i just cannot afford that even though i'd like to play just about everything i don't have the time or the resources so i'm doing myself a disservice if i'm reviewing something that's going to waste someone's time yeah i find it when i get to 
when I start reviewing a game, I basically just play through the entire game just to give everybody a little bit of my process. While I play through, I jot down notes of different things I liked and disliked about the game. And then in the end, when I write my review, I take a long time and I think about it, whether I got it like I paid for it or I got it for free. I really think about it and I'm like, okay, is this game worth the price point? Which is, I mean, I will say is very annoying sometimes when you get a game for free and you don't actually know how the, how much the game is going to cost when it comes out. Yeah. So yeah, you yeah. can't, yeah, you can't say in your review, wait for a sale because it's like, if this game is $5, it's, it's like, it's $5. But I mean, I don't think you should necessarily give leeway to cheaper priced games because you're reviewing the game. Like if you give a game yeah. a review based on a review score, um, it's very hard to factor in the price. Yeah, so, so that's what I was going to say. I just find that weird. Is like, does that, is that okay? Like, would you ever factor in a game score based on its price? Because is that even like a real, is that a point that you should tailor it to? Like, does a, is a, a value of that game's worth based on the price that it's being charged? Yeah, no, this is why I brought up a while ago if indie games like, um, that we should maybe stop calling them like indie games or branding them as indie games because because it's like there's a price point associated with that. I always try to take price point out of everything and just try to be as objective as possible and just review the game for what it is, mm-hmm. not how much it costs. Um, but yeah, like I said, at the end of every review I write, I'm like, okay, this game either cost me $60 or it will cost other people $60 or $20 or however much. And I'm like, do I think that they will get their money's worth with this game? And sadly, a decent amount of the time, or I mean, not a decent amount of the time, but sadly, sometimes it's a no. It's like, no, I don't think that they will. Um, this game is like, it's fun for maybe a couple hours, but it's uh, once you reach like three hours into this seven hour game or whatever, it just gets really tedious. And I don't think it's worth the $20. (laughs) I know exactly what you're talking about. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I, I mean, I, like I said, it does us, us like ourselves and the readers a disservice if we're going to try to like cover that up and not be honest about that fact. So I try to make it as, you know, as much of a point to leave that, out of it whether i've received it or not and just decide okay even if i paid for it or i didn't is it worth the money that i could have potentially paid for it yeah yeah i mean i totally understand why people think that it may sway a review score but i'm telling you right now it doesn't sway my review score at all i shit on a game like two weeks ago that i got for free i mean yeah you, i mean you generally <laughs> I was like, shit on this everything game so. pissed me off <laughs> i mean i don't necessarily there are like some games i really love no i'm just saying like this podcast is a good example <laughs> of how uh how you're not really pulling punches yeah that's a good point i should really start pulling punches so that i don't you know lose out on any opportunities as games journalists but i'm not mm. going to fuck that guy he wrote two lines of dialogue that pisses me <laughs> off <laughs> 
Uh, that about dear. ends this podcast. Wow, yeah, what a thank good you guys to end on. so much for listening. If you guys like what you've heard and you want to stay up to date on Indie Games Heard, uh, make sure you subscribe on your favorite podcast service. We are currently up on Google Podcasts YouTube, which is not technically a podcast service. I know that. Um, unless you use YouTube Red, then you can listen uh, without the app open. It's pretty sweet on your phone. Yeah, I like it. Wow. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to pay for it, but... That's cool. Um, we're also up on iTunes, Spotify, and uh, Podbean as well. Trying to reach out, get on some different podcast sources, but it'll take me forever because it took me forever to get on iTunes. That's true. So but we're there, man. prepare for that. One step at a time. Yeah, yeah. If you guys would like to chat with us outside the show, you can follow me on Twitter at Hyde Legion. Pretty easy to find me. Talk about anything. Endgame spoilers, plot holes, all that good stuff. Yeah, dude. I really want to shit on Game Game. Uh, yeah, I, I saw a little snippet <laughs> of it. <laughs> um, and other than that, you can follow Josh on Twitter at the underscore George 90. He won't shit on things. Josh is a very pleasant person. So. <laughs> I try to be. I'll shit on a few if things. If you haven't noticed. <laughs> uh, that's it for us today. Thank you guys so much for listening, and we'll see you guys next week. Bye, guys.